So this is Vomiting Rainbows, episode number 58, a darker news podcast with Blag the Ripper, where I tell him stories that he knows nothing about. Then he violates them and spits them out into a beautiful rainbow. <laughs> it's so easy to find things I know nothing about. Too. Perfect. Well, especially the news. I think the news That's is right. the key component here. Knowing uh, nothing is my specialty, Doug. Perfect. So you, you come to the right guy. Excellent. That's why, that's why I'm happy to have you as a co-host. <laughs> um, so let's start off with, uh, this one's going to be like a very chill podcast because uh, there's a lot going on with Black Lives Matter and cities under lockdown and everything that's going on. I feel like really we should just keep it lighthearted. <laughs> so... <laughs> So let's if start a brick, off. If a brick flies through my window, I'll still I'll still keep it mellow. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's it's still going on now. So it's the, I I think the protests are in the mission right now. So we're we're okay. Yeah, um, I'm by the hate. It's just a bunch of hippies. Yeah, they don't. They're just out and they're like, dude, let's just get pizza and get stoned. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I um, did manage to get a reasonable haircut. Did you? I, 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 I see that. Yeah, I went for the preppy regular guy. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty solid look. Yeah, I'm going preppy regular guy. I figure, you know, it's, it's the only way now. Excellent. Um, so let's kick it off with Jennifer Walker. Uh, she is a, a 53-year-old woman from South Lake Tahoe. Um, and the thing that's really wonderful about her is that she uh, went into a Safeway with no money whatsoever and found $1,800 worth of stuff to lick in the Safeway. Um, and all those items were deemed unsellable. <laughs> she went in and licked everything. Everything in the store. I, wow. This... This is the one thing that I find fascinating about this story. Bless you. This is the one thing that I find live, folks. I'm sneezing. But the the one thing that I think is fascinating about kind of what happened here is a she found eighteen hundred dollars in Safeway of stuff that she could lick. I mean, that's a lot of licking. The other thing. The other thing is that the police found uh, on her, she was caught because they saw her like trying to pocket jewelry and she had licked the jewelry. Apparently they saw that on camera. And so they said that the jewelry was unsellable because it had been licked. But I mean, maybe I don't go jewelry shopping at, oh, I don't go jewelry shopping in general, but definitely not at a Safeway. Have you seen Safeway have jewelry at all? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I haven't been exposed to the Safeway jewelry. Uh, I don't know how thrilled your female's going to be when she gets that piece of Safeway jewelry, but yeah. who knows? You know, I mean, it, it takes all kinds. I mean, they they sell flowers at Walmart, I guess. So yeah, whatever, well, you know. I, I have picked up, I have definitely picked up Safeway uh, flowers before. So I know they have yeah. flowers, but I've never seen a jewelry aisle. So here's what's fascinating here with this, because of course you're familiar with the original transgressive filmmaker, John Waters. Yes, of course. He has a whole, and I can't remember which movie this was in. I think it might've been Female Trouble, 
but they they literally go to someone's house divine and her crew and they lick every single thing in the place oh, just wow. to make it more filthy and disgusting so That's she's okay. actually grabbing something from american cinema history here by <laughs> by licking every object around her just to disgust and horrify people well, so i mean this this one is fascinating and yeah i mean eighteen hundred dollars worth of stuff that's that's quite a haul i mean my question is didn't any customers see her putting everything in her mouth? Didn't people, I mean, wasn't there, wasn't there some kind of a preliminary thing when they saw this? I mean, how, how did she manage to lick it? It sounds like it's every a lot. last thing. I, and what, uh, and what employee was like, okay, she's licked like eight items. She's put them in her bag. I guess she must've gotten to like checkout and they were like, well, you've licked everything. We can't put it back. You have to purchase it and she just didn't have the money so she assumed uh, maybe that she'd just be able to walk out with it oh, right, right. It? it's covid times you can have it right it's all it's yours a strategy it's a strategy man it's, i mean we are now we're, we're now at a very hunger games point in our history yeah. so you're going to see less advantaged people doing more and more crazier and crazier things and justifying it in various yep. ways. I mean, th this has been building for a long time. And, and, you know, I've been, I've been trumpeting the whole economic inequality thing to anyone who will listen for, yep. for 30 years plus. Um, and, you know, maybe we're at a point, I mean, it's so disappointing that the one candidate that was talking about this, who was talking about we we need universal health care so everybody can be healthy and right. we need you know we need better income for everybody so that we don't have unrest in the streets he he gets voted out and then yep. two months later everything he says is you know comes to pass oh without and, a doubt and and you know in a little bit of irony you know the very ethnic group that voted him out and got the more conservative Democrat is now in the streets and furious, you know, yeah. and, and rightly so, but you know, you had, you, we had the right candidate. <laughs> we had him, you know, yeah. you, you picked true. the wrong one and now, you know, so it's, yeah. it's fascinating how this stuff goes, you know? Well, do you, I don't know if you remember a while back though, um, there was a girl who licked bluebell ice cream and then put it back into the freezer. Do you remember that? Oh. <laughs> Where at? So, so she did it in Lufkin, Texas, and she was called the Lufkin Liquor. <laughs> <laughs> so that was another girl who did something very similar, and she said she had a cold when she did it. Um, this was pre-COVID. And then, uh, so she and the guy filming are now, like, in trouble. But that guy had a receipt and prove he said he could prove that he had purchased the ice cream after and it was just a social media stunt uh which, which we'll get to later because social media stunts are the last thing we're going to talk about but then there was another guy in missouri walmart last week who went and he shouted who's afraid of like a little covid and he just started licking deodorant all the way down the aisle and putting it back into the like holders wow i and mean you're like okay so by I'm the way that guy that guy's name is cody his his name is cody lee so i mean are they calling him covid cody now no I he, mean, he should be co he should be covid covid lee now yeah i mean 
what I wonder about are the nicknames because yeah. I, I, I find it fascinating. You're never leaving people, this shit down. I, I find it fascinating when people um, just can't seem to, you know, when, when people get stuck with that nickname for life, you know, it, it, oh, it, yeah. it, you know, it's like everybody wants to be like, you know, Ace or, or you know. <laughs> no killer, one wants to be the Lufkin Licker. And then, yeah, and then you wind up being the Lufkin Licker. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Who who loves the Lufkin liquor? You know, or, I mean, or COVID I, I, Cody. I, I, yeah, and COVID Cody. I mean, I love the way. Or now there's all the like, you know, the 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 Central Park racist or whoever. Right. You know, they, they they get these names. You know, Be- Becky the cop caller or whatever right. it is. Karen. You know, and it, it, Karen it's one, Karen two. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he, so this guy, the Missouri, our Cody, the COVID guy, is. He is now getting charged. First of all, he had a pretty extensive history. He had burglary, burglary theft of a fire alarm, a firearm, not fire alarm, uh, and then disorderly conduct and driving while intoxicated. So he's he was definitely a winner already at 24. Um, and then and now he's getting charged with a weird. I mean, I guess I understand it. it's called false belief or fear that condition uh, involving danger or danger of life with reckless disregard causing an evacuation, quarantine, or closure of any portion or part of a location. Holy cow. And that has a 20-year jail term. Wow, 20 years. Potential. See, I, I can't believe that society would really be benefiting by paying this guy's for three no. squares for him for 20 years on end because he licked a bunch of stuff. I, I, I find that hard to believe. Yeah. It's I, interesting because I'm, I'm looking at the picture here and I realize I'm sort of half in shadow and I kind of like it. It's dramatic. Yeah, you know, I can, go, I can go all the way in. Right? I kind of go more of this way. It's, you know, it's fascinating. You, and you could dance if you want to, you could leave your friends <laughs> behind. <laughs> so let's, let's go on to our, our big story, which is about, a guy named Hannick Kamba. And this story's tragic because he was a rising soccer star in Germany. Um, Are we calling him Tragic Hannick? Yeah, Wait Tragic Hannick. You're going to see just how live this is when I when I leave camera to blow my nose. Wow. <laughs> Did you get the COVID? No. Hell no. <laughs> okay. I've been a we good can't... boy this whole time. Even with people in the street, I'm being pretty cool. Excellent. Well, we already we already know about your birthday. That's and, right. Yeah, and the sacrifice that you made for your birthday and your roommate. So I know. I that was a noble, noble gesture. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. So uh, he's a rising soccer star in Germany. Um, he was on some secondary teams, and he was actually. Brought, he was coming up uh, in the so- same soccer team as Manuel Neuer, who I'm not familiar with anything soccer, but he is like a star goalkeeper for the German national team. So, so do not- they call him Manuer? Is that the? <laughs> is that the? <laughs> I, I, you, could, you could name? you could try. I'm sure if he missed like a game, a game winning goal, that's probably that's where they'd be calling him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, he was visiting the Congo in 2016, and he was uh, killed in an auto accident. 
And that was unfortunate. He was survived by his, by his wife and Neuer and like all the soccer teams mourned the loss of him. And they published like this huge documentary about him. It was very, very heartfelt. And it, it was definitely a loss for German soccer. Um, fast forward to uh, 2018. And that's the end of the story. That's it. That's like kind of where things went. No, he was a uh, uh, manual. You faked me out with that one. Yeah. Camba <laughs> shows up at the embassy in the Congo where he had his auto accident. And he was like, I've lost all my papers. I've been trying to find like working odd jobs and trying to find my, I guess, uh, get his papers and his status to be able to go back to Germany. And in the embassy, they're like, I'm sorry, you, you're dead. <laughs> you're, you're, you're obviously somebody trying to play like a hoax or get false papers to Germany. And he's like, I am not, I've lost all my identification everything it was stripped off of me before this auto accident that i was in so it turns out his wife had basically set him up to have this auto accident in the congo with two of his friends that somehow she roped into this and got got him i guess like Maybe I think she wanted him killed. There's no very clear points of why it took. It actually took him four years. 2018 was the first time he showed up, but it was not till 2020 that he got back into Germany. And was he held in some? Was he claiming to have been held in some no. type of bondage for two years? What no, he, he said doing? he lost. He he lost. But so what? So why didn't he go to the embassy immediately? Who you would was think hanging that, on to him for two years? That would be the first thing that I think you would do. So there are parts of his story that don't jive with me quite as, like, it doesn't quite make sense. But also the fact that his wife, like, held these vigil. Obviously, she was trying to get the life insurance. That's clear because she did get the life insurance. What I'm thinking is that it was probably like a scam that they came up with together. And then he couldn't get figure out a way to get out of the Congo back to Germany. And he had, no, I, I don't know. But, but what does he do for the two years? That, have, that's the confusing part. I mean, what does he do? I have no idea. That's so very you, in, unclear. I'm, I'm with you though. I think somehow they were in it together unless, you know, she, I mean, that's a pretty elaborate plan. It's a good idea to do it in a place like the Congo, which right. for all intents and purposes is lawless in a lot of areas. But he must have been doing something for two years. What What does he say he was doing? Well, or, I mean, or, or in fact, it's probably very, like, it's an impoverished country. You could probably, you could probably go up to, like, the police officer responds to the car crash and go, hey, say a guy died here, you know? <laughs> like Right, and, sure. And then she somehow had falsified death papers of him that she had submitted to life insurance. So they're not together. He is not being charged with any crime. He is now a chemical engineer 
in like Western Germany living his life. She is under investigation for insurance fraud. No one's under investigation for potential murder. But I think there's a lot more to the story that just hasn't come out. But this is fascinating. But it, wow. it, it, this came out right before our crossover spectacular. So before our crossover podcast, this was a, a going to be a story, but I started looking to other stories. And I was hoping that I'd get more information by the time we actually use this story. No dice yet. No, uh, There's so much going on that no one wants to find out what really happened with the soccer star. But I really want to know because there's a lot more here. So maybe yeah. I can get, maybe I can write him and get a little bit more on this. I feel like maybe some of his friends Maybe I can like Facebook stalk him and find some friends of his that maybe will tell the story <laughs> because maybe, a- maybe he was exposed through uh, soccer or football as those people say, <laughs> and you know, to, to um, Congolese players or something else. And he hatched this scheme where it was like, okay, things are pretty lawless there. We can get away with something and scam some money if we do it through the Congo. I mean, it right. definitely, that's the most suspicious part of the whole thing. I mean, usually if, you know, if a wife hates her husband and wants something to happen, is going to set up some guy she's sleeping with to get rid of him or whatever. It's going to happen where they live. Well, I mean, this, this connection to the Congo. Well, the connect, sorry, I, I left out a huge part of the story. He is from the Congo. So he was born in the Congo. So I'm guessing he had family there and maybe went and hung with the family. Oh, okay. okay. Well, yeah, that makes it completely different, Doug. Sorry. <laughs> hey, after 48 episodes of a podcast, sometimes you, you miss a couple of... 58. Key back- what? 58. Oh, yeah, 58. See? That's what I'm saying. I've been inside too long. I don't even know what episode we're on. We're on 58. Does that mean I can start telling girls I'm 44? Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I would start doing. It, it, doesn't it suck that, like, to me, 44 would be young? Yes, I mean, exactly. That's, that's even more appalling than anything. Oh, that's just sad. But yes, it's true. <laughs> so let's let's finish this one on a high note. Um, so obviously there has been a lot of Black Lives Matters movements going on uh, all throughout the country. And uh, one um, Instagram influencer named uh, Fiona... Fiona uh, uh, Moriarty McLaughlin um, is a con- she's a conservative journalist. Um, she works for. Camp- <laughs> Isn't that a contradiction in terms? I complete. You'll see why it's definitely a contradiction in terms. <laughs> she's uh, she is a writer for CampusReform.org. She is also uh, part of uh, the DC Examiner, the conservative DC newspaper. Yeah. Um, she was uh, caught by the New York Times, a New York Times reporter, um, staging a photo of her helping people the day after um, the riots in Los Angeles. So she was literally jumped out of like a Mercedes-Benz SUV with her boyfriend, went and did an Instagram photo, and she's like drilling into like a board, and then she pops back in and she like 
thanks the guy for letting her stage this photo. She also <laughs> apparently held a hammer at some point. Um, but like both staged photos and then hopped back into her SUV and said, keep up the good work, guys, Blacklight BLM, and like drove off in her SUV. But she didn't realize that at that time she was being filmed by a New York Times reporter who was actually doing a story on the repair after. And the reporter was like, what the fuck? Like, just absolutely stunned. Why, why would a conservative want to be associated with Black Lives Matter or, 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 or the cleanup ever? Or, 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 or was she just saying... Maybe I think she, she was she just, just wanting to say I'm pitching in and helping. And, I think and, she was trying uh, to say I'm I'm pitching in. I'm doing my part for for society. Well, actually, you know, it's it that actually makes perfect sense when you look at the way that wealthy people and conservatives in general view the economy, right? Because uh, to absolutely. them, you know, to them, they, they they are doing good by doing some stupid photo op that accomplishes nothing you know because you you, you pay little people to do the actual work but you're just right. sort of a figurehead that stands there and is very intelligent and and you know got, directs things from afar you exactly know? that's so, sort of the whole conservative message of how the economy should be you know it's not uh it isn't like hey we all need to pitch in together or everyone's work has value it's hey look i'm, I'm in a position to just hire you and the more i exploit you the more profit i make so great you know i mean and this for but it me, was just it was it was so amazing to me that she got out of her it was a mercedes ben you know ben's like the the uh the like sea wagon or whatever it is that like hundred and fifty thousand dollar like off-roading exploring vehicle that only rich people have in cities and they're never right. used for anything whatsoever <laughs> yeah, um, right. and, and they slow down for bumps and potholes because they don't want to damage it you know it's that that kind of person and and so she pops out of that pops back in it and then like somehow thinks that that that's not gonna somehow get the eye of an inf like anyone on social media like what kind of influencer are you that you aren't going to notice the irony and see how tragically conservatism is all about photo ops and bullshit. I mean, true. there just isn't, isn't any substance to it anymore. It's always yeah. about this idea of, you know, trolling people and having these fake things yeah. you know it's it, we're we're seeing right now in our streets the, the bankruptcy of this ideology i mean yeah. it's one thing you know when you can say well i feel this way and you feel this way and things are different but but what conservatism has devolved into is it, it isn't an ideology it's just a a, a political way of getting certain people elected with certain dog whistles it's not they don't actually stand for anything anymore i mean remember it's five years ago nothing was more important to them than the deficit and, right. and then as soon as their guy gets elected you never hear about the deficit again nope. or 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 just just yesterday their guy says i'm going to nationalize the national guard and and or, you know and and put in the american military and shut this down that's supposed to be exactly what his followers are against, right? They're all about states' rights and not the federal government's right. rights to do things. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's, he should have been trusting the governors. Like, uh, his Missouri... Like, isn't Missouri a Republican... Like, yeah. isn't isn't the, the governor, like, a conservative? 
I could be wrong. Probably, and and most city governor and most city mayors are Democrats, you know. But but at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not somebody that just swallows every line from the Democrats either. And there's a whole wealth of problems there. But what I've been saying about the Republican Party, conservatives, and libertarians, and yes, they are all exactly the same thing with no difference between them. I know they like to make a distinction between those three things, but they're all exactly the same. And because their, their, their fundamental message is government bad, private business good. Any, anything that serves everyone is bad and suspect. Anything that's just private and can be accumulated by me is good. And right. so you, you, you get these things where they have no real ideology. And this is a perfect example. I mean, if she could have gone out there, pounded a couple nails for half an hour and looked legit and actually put in that story. But it's like, no, the, the, the whole mentality of free market stuff and all that shit is just like, look, it doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter how honest you are. It doesn't matter what you do. It's just about who's smart enough to game the system and who's who, who the dumb losers are who do all the work and who the smart people are who just get all the credit and the money. Well, and so my, my, my favorite is that uh, immediately after this, as soon as she saw that people had identified her, uh, she immediately pulled down all of her uh, internet presence that she could possible. Um, and she thought somehow that would let the backlash float over, but nope, they identified her. Um, and even though she had a mask on, because obviously she didn't realize that when they panned over to her car, her license plate was on her car. Right. So yeah. I'm sure internet sleuths got all that information and that's right. how she was outed. But um, Pink was the first one to come out and really say, who are these all these fucking entitled assholes who and who are your parents you horrible person how can anyone defend this and lebron uh lebron james tweeted back at her uh they'll do anything for clout cardi and offset tried to warn you all or tried to tell you all and influencers in the wild showed several more entitled children doing it for the gram one girl was outside of a T-Mobile store and she had her boyfriend just picturing having her look despondent in front of a T-Mobile store that was getting boarded up. I mean, it was, it was definitely uh, started a whole, a, a lot of influencers in the wild in LA. I've made sure to just completely stay out of this. I mean, the only social media I have is just dwarf stuff and I just hype dwarf stuff. And, right. you know, I'm, I'm looking at all these people's messages and all these people talking and all these people saying things. I've sat out 100% because I think there's a few things going on. You know, one is like, you know, I'm an old white guy. So there's a lot yeah. of people who just simply don't want to hear from me. And I get it, you know. So it's like, all right, you don't have to hear anything from me. The, the, the observation that I would make, you know, since I'm on your show and, and you asked me on, you know, it, it is like, I see a lot of people making a lot of comfortable observations. Right. So, so you've got elite, rich black America, and yes, there is one, making lots of pronouncements about racism. I don't see them making any pronouncements about rich people fucking over poor people. Right. And, and, and you know, it's this idea that, you know, somehow George Floyd is, is more analogous to you know, LeBron James or Oprah because of the color of his skin than he is with, you know, some poor white coal miner in West Virginia. Right. And for me, 
I, I say, well, no, that's how they keep us separated, right? It, it's th this, this it, you know, it's like poor black people have a lot more in common with poor white people than they do with rich black people. And it, it, it's about time that people, you know, really recognize that this is, in fact, an economic battle. And you slowly see people coming around to it when they say, you know, hey, this isn't just about policing. Look at our black neighborhoods and how impoverished they are. And I completely agree. But how do we solve that? I mean, black people are 11, 12% of the population. You can't fix 11 or 12% of our economy and leave the but rest like it is. This, you know, this is, I mean? a, you, you have this to, is a you bigger have to problem. The whole economy. But this is a this is a bigger problem is like when you see a poor white guy who just killed like 20 people sat by a police car and they asked him if he wants water and you see a guy a poor black guy who just spent a 20 dollars bill that he didn't know whether or not it was fraudulent and sat in his car outside the store was pulled out of his car and then like smothered to death by three police officers and not even getting a chance even though he's calling for his mom and like smothered so there's a the, the dichotomy I totally understand, which is like this idea of your chance of dying while black is unbelievably high. Astronomically for, higher. Astronomically yeah. higher. And that's yeah. what I, where I certainly understand that. There's I, no question that we have racism in this country and that we need to solve it and that this is pushing us toward that. And I am not condemning the people in the street. I'm with them. Go for it. What I'm saying is this. People and you know, look, your whole show is about uncomfortable news stories that make people uncomfortable. We try and have fun with it, but right. you know, it comes down to hey, this is going to kind of upset you a little bit more than what you see maybe uh, in Associated Press or, right. or Politico or, or whatever. So, in that spirit, I would say this you know, I, I'm very interested in what rank and file regular black people are feeling and going, going through. And, you know, I, my sympathies are with you. My sympathies are not with what LeBron James or Oprah or Ben Carson or, or, or uh, you know, uh, Clarence Thomas or any number of conservative or liberal, very wealthy black people have to say. Because sure. I don't believe that, you know, I, I, you know, this is how they keep us separated. Obsess on race, think only of race, condemn only based on race. And, and you're seeing a lot of black people in this movement who get that. Right. And so what they're saying is, hey, our community has been impoverished. Okay. Right. And my right. answer to how you fix that is not, let's go into the, you know, all the black communities in America and try and make the economy fair. That's not going to work. It's a nice fantasy. But until we make the economy fair for everybody, the economy is not going to be fair for black people and they're going to continue to get fucked over at the end of the day you know a guy passing a bad bill or you know the the guy in new york who was selling loose cigarettes and got killed case after case after case after case it is not lebron or oj or oprah getting killed by cops money says a lot this is happening to poor black people and there are far too many poor black people and we need to make it so there are less poor black people. And the only way to do that 
is to make a fairer economy and you can't leave out the 72% of white people to try and make a fair economy for the 12% of black people. That's never going to work. So, right. you know, either, either we get a fair economy that works for everybody, which will then, you know, help to, to uh, diminish racism. It won't wipe it out. It, it is a separate issue. And, and I don't mean to soft soap it in any right. way. But, but what I'm saying is like, you, you've got a lot of black people right now on television saying this is not just about cops. This is about, you know, our neighborhood is, is poor and, and sick and people are, are desperate. Well, I would submit to you that, you know, a, a farm worker in Iowa who's white or, or a, you know, a, a, an unemployed mill worker in Appalachia who's white, you know, these are the people getting strung out on opiates, killing themselves left and right. The, the, this is a part of America that's also being left behind. And, and, you know, the only way to make this right is to make it right for everybody. And it sounds like such, you know, it sounds like a cop out. It, I'll say that. And then a lot of black people tell me you're copping out. You don't understand. Your skin's white, so you don't get how we've been treated. And my answer is always, look, I'm looking for a solution. I'm not looking for fingers to be pointed. You know, I'm looking for a solution. What's the solution? And I think we had a real good solution in some of the policies that that Bernie and Elizabeth were talking about. It's I started, agree. You know, and and instead, what did we get? the black community in South Carolina overwhelmingly turns the tide toward Biden. So they were saying, we want a business as usual guy that keeps doing what's been happening for the last 30 years. I well, completely agree. You know, I mean, so, so this is like intelligence is on call for everybody. And I don't like safe pat things. I don't want to hear how the billionaire Oprah Winfrey feels about this. She's part of the problem. I don't want to hear how the billionaire Jay-Z feels about this. He's part of the problem. And look, I respect the fuck out of Oprah. She's a very talented right. person who rose from a very small place to, to have great power. I, I commend her, I, and I think she has a good heart. Jay-Z, I think, is one of the great rappers of, of all time. I'm a fan. I listen to his stuff actively. You know, I, I, I you know. I still think Ether kind of put him away, but that's okay. You know, he, he had a clap back at work. But, right. you know, at, at, at the end of the day, it, it, it's a comfortable conversation for them. Vomiting rainbows isn't about comfort. Right. I want to see wealthy people answering for their wealth more so than, all, you know, the, the, the 220 million white people in America answering for their whiteness. I, I don't right. know that that's the answer. Right. It might be part of it, but, you know, I, I, I like to see things get solved and things get better. And what I see is the civil rights movement was a brilliant movement because it co-opted white people and brought them in and right. made people honestly believe in it. And it won over the numbers you needed to win. And what I see in these modern racial movements is a lot of finger pointing, a lot of hate and a lot of fucking, you know, talk of unconscious bias. What does that do? Well, it takes the majority of the population, 72% white, and puts them in a bag where it's like, we don't care what your opinion is, even if you agree with us, <laughs> you're just fucked, sit aside. And it's like, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning out of the street because I don't want to be part of the problem. I'm not going on social media and talking about, you know, my experience. I, I haven't had that experience black people have had, and I know it's different. You and, know, and that 
that, you know, that my, like my black friends tell me, yeah, man, it's different. And, and shit gets, you know, shit gets hairy with the cops. So I believe. Them, well, and, and that's, you know, that there was like a, a big movement today that was uh, talking about influencers in the wild and, and our, our last topic, which was during the, uh, a lot of people posted myself included was just a black uh, Instagram no comments, no, no, just a supported solidarity of kind of the riots and, and the egregious violence that occurred um, to a lot of like, um, uh, pa uh, you know, peaceful protests that happened all throughout the weekend. And there was a, a backlash from Black Lives Matter, which was, yeah, you posted this, this black image in solidarity, while we appreciate that, that's not an actionable item. And we need more actionable items from people who are trying to support us. And, and I understand that. And, and so uh, yeah, I, I, think, and I, I agree with them, but to, to view all 220 million white people in America as powerful agents of change is to really close your eyes to reality. Most right. white people are poor or working class. You know, the, you know, there's a lot of people rotting away in jail and they're disproportionately black and Latino, but because the country is 72% white, most of the people right. rotting away in jail are still white. So, you know, it's, we, we, we either confront this for our whole country as the civil rights movement did, right. and we ask for inclusion and togetherness and we try and promote love and understanding or. We do a lot of finger pointing. It makes you feel better for a minute, right? You can be a person of color. You can scream right. at the at the professor at your liberal arts college who agrees with you, and that'll make you feel better for a minute. But it's not going to change anything. I'm saying we can change things, you know. But I, you know, here's here's what here's what I would do tomorrow. Okay, there are 600 billionaires in the United States of America. Each and every one of them should have to give up five percent of their net worth to rebuild our country, yeah. easy peasy. None of them would have to change their lifestyle in any way. They could still have 10 private jets and, and mm -hmm. 30 residences, and they could still, they would still be able to buy, possess, invest, and do every last thing that they can already do, except we would take a chunk of their worth, not their income for the year so their lawyer could lie their way out of it, their right. worth, and, and simply expropriate it and, and put it to the work of rebuilding America. And a all, lot all of the, that money, a lot actually, of that money would go to people of color. A lot of that money would go to, to, to the people who deserve all they, it. All, all they have to really do is pay the same amount of taxes that we do because almost none of them do. And all the top companies right. that are getting all those tax credits to like be in the places that they are, all they have to do is start paying the taxes that they owe as well. And I think that would, that would be a, a big start to economic equality is just because you're wealthy and you can find all the loopholes doesn't mean you should take them. And, you know, um, uh, shoot. Who's See, what you're seeing now is lots of good publicity from high status black people. So you've got Floyd May Mayweather saying, I'll pay for the funeral. You've got Jay-Z saying, I'm going to, I'm going to set up a foundation for a million dollars, blah, blah. I know they're well-meaning, but all, all these are, are, you know, a continuation of their accountants tax avoidance strategies, you know, and that is not good enough. They need to say, I'm part of the problem because I am fabulously wealthy 
and things need to change with relation to the fabulously wealthy and, and the vast majority of the rest of us. And I'm not hearing that. What I'm hearing is, you know, listen, it's just as hard for LeBron or Oprah as it is for, you know, George Floyd. And I disagree. It's right. not. And, and, it, and it isn't just up to black elites by a long shot. It's up to white elites. It's up to, you know, we, we are the majority. M most of those billionaires on that list have white skin and they owe it to us. They owe it to the people of color and they owe it to black people in America. I'm, I'm not just trying to call out black elites, but I'm saying when people have these talks and they talk about, hey, we need to have an uncomfortable conversation right now, they never seem to make it uncomfortable for themselves. Right. It's always uncomfortable for somebody else. I'm willing to sit here and say, look, I'm a white person. We, you know, we, we uh, you know, have this horrible tradition of slavery, Jim Crow, redlining, go down the list. We need to change all of that stuff, right? right. And, and I want to hear rich people getting up, all of them, and saying, we're part of the problem. And I'm not right. hearing it. I'm hearing right. lots of talk of race, and I understand it. But you know what? George Floyd is not just a black guy who was killed by a cop. He he is a poor person who was killed by a cop. Yeah. Well, and and you know we can acknowledge that or not, and I don't really see people acknowledging it yet. Uh, well, so now, what um, I think um, I'm going to like suss out, and maybe we'll have a whole Black Lives Matter or like an episode on that. Um, and I'm going to look for that maybe in the next two weeks for our next podcast um unless of course we get bored and decide to do another one next week um but thanks for thanks for listening to us we welcome all your comments and ideas please contact us at, at contact at vomiting rainbows or find us on all social media at we vomit rainbows um and let us know like you've heard our comments both black black and mine ideas around some of these and we'd love to hear your ideas and what you think what stories maybe we've missed that you'd like us to dive into. Um, we're always, and don't forget I'm the guy from the dwarves. So you can always go to the dwarves.com. Absolutely. A political band that just wants to fuck your daughter. That's perfect. <laughs> and, and listen to, to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and of course rate us and help us grow. Thanks a lot.